Good morning, everyone, and welcome to our daily reading conference call on A Course in Miracles, Original Edition. We read from the text of A Course in Miracles, Original Edition, which is published by our dear friends at the Course in Miracles Society. You can access an online copy of the original edition by going to jcim.net, where if you mouse over the link at the top, or online edition, you will see the link to read ACIMOE. <clears throat> on that same top down, on that same top menu, there is also a link to subscribe to an excellent daily email sent to you by the Course in Miracles Society, which contains both the workbook lesson and the text reading for the day. My name is Lemoyne Castle, and this call happens for and with you every weekday morning, Monday through Friday from about 9.15 to 11 a.m. Eastern Time. Today we're continuing our reading in the manual with Section 6, Is Healing Certain? And Section 7, Should Healing Be Repeated? And at the top of the hour, we'll pause for touching in with our lesson for the day, Lesson 345. I offer only miracles today, for I would have them be returned to me. And uh, uh, turn to you now, Laurie, and ask, do you have one of your wonderful noetic openings for the call? Boy, I sure do, Lemoyne, and what a grand find it is. It's a poem from Rumi uh, called The Cup in the Ocean. It's so great. These forms we seem to be are cups floating in an ocean of living consciousness. They fill and sink without leaving an arc of bubbles or any goodbye spray. What we are is that ocean, too near to see, though we swim in it and drink it in. Don't be a cup with a dry rim, or someone who rides all night and never knows the horse beneath his thighs, the surging that carries him along. Of course I offer only miracles today, for I would have them return to me. Amen. Thank you, Lori. Oh, that's no, lovely, Lori. Thank you. That was a great find. <laughs> I'm going to credit Lemoyne, too, because he pointed me in the direction of a YouTube that was really helpful this way. So thank you all. Thank you, Lori. Yeah, I want to say, I want to say, but there's a splash when it goes down. There's a, there's some bubbles, but they're temporary. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> I'm complete with that. Oh, for sure. Thanks. Uh, thank you all for being here 
and I will uh, have to just plunge right in. So, but let me go through the reading list first. Uh, on the reading list, I have Lori, Fran, Robin, Marie, Jessica, Jennifer, and Lana. And listening is Karen. Is there anyone who's joined us who would like to say good morning and could maybe join the reading list? Okay, I'll go ahead and get us started then. In the manual, <clears throat> section six, is healing certain? Healing is always certain. It is impossible to let illusions be brought to truth and keep the illusion. Truth demonstrates illusions have no value. The teacher of God has seen the correction of his errors in the mind of the patient, recognizing it for what it is. Having accepted the atonement for himself, he has also accepted it for the patient. Yet what if the patient uses sickness as a way of life? believing healing is the way to death. When this is so, a sudden healing might precipitate intense depression and a sense of loss so deep that the patient might even try to destroy himself. Having nothing to live for, he may ask for death. Healing must wait for his protection. And Lori... Question number six, is healing certain? Healing is always certain. It is impossible to let illusions be brought to truth and keep the illusions. Truth demonstrates illusions have no value. The teacher of God has seen the correction of his errors in the mind of the patient, recognizing it for what it is. Having accepted the atonement for himself, he has also accepted it for the patient. Yet what if the patient um, uses sickness as a way of life, believing that healing is the way to death? When this is so, a sudden healing might precipitate intense depression and a sense of loss so deep that the patient might even try to destroy himself. Having nothing to live for, he may ask for death. Healing must wait for his protection. Two, healing will always stand aside when it would be seen as threat. The instant it is welcome is there. Where healing has been given, it will be received. And what is time before the gifts of God? We have referred many times in the text to the storehouse of treasures laid up equally for the giver and the receiver of God's gifts. Not one is lost, for they can but increase. No teacher of God should feel disappointed if he is offered healing and it does not appear to have been received. It is not up to him to judge when his gifts should be accepted. Let him be certain it has been received and trust that it will be accepted when it is recognized as a blessing and not a curse. 
Thank you, Lori and Fran. Two, healing will always stand aside when it would be seen a threat. The instant it is welcome, it is there. Where healing has been given, it will be received. And what is time before the gifts of God? We have referred many times in the text to the storehouse of treasures laid up equally for the giver and the receiver of God's gifts. Not one is lost, for they can but increase. No teacher of God should feel disappointed if he has offered healing and it does not appear to have been received. It is not up to him to judge when his gifts should be accepted. Let him be certain it has been received and trust that it will be accepted when it is recognized as a blessing and not a curse. 3. It is not the function of God's teachers to evaluate the outcome of their gifts. It is merely their function to give them. Once they have done that, they have also given the outcome, for that is part of the gift. No one can give if he is concerned with the result of giving. That is a limitation on the giving itself, and neither the giver nor the receiver would have the gift. Trust is an essential part of giving. In fact, it is the part that makes sharing possible, the part that guarantees the giver will not lose but only gain. Who gives the gift and then remains with it to be sure it is used as the giver deems appropriate, such as not giving but imprisoning. Thank you, friend. And Robin Marie. It is not the function of God's teachers to evaluate the outcome of their gifts. It is merely their function to give them. Once they have done that, they have also given the outcome, for that is part of the gift. No one can give if he is concerned with the results of the giving. That is a limitation on the giving itself and neither the giver nor the receiver would have the gift. Trust is an essential part of giving. In fact, it is the part that makes sharing possible, the part that guarantees the giver will not lose, but only gain. Who gives a gift and then remains with it to be sure it is used as the giver seems seems appropriate, such as not giving, but imprisoning. Four, it is the relinquishing of all concern about the gift that makes it truly given, and it is trust that makes true giving possible. Healing is the change of mind that the Holy Spirit in the patient's mind is seeking for him, and it is the Holy Spirit in the mind of the giver who gives the gift to him. How can it be lost? How can it be ineffectual? How can it be wasted? God's treasure house can never be empty. And if one gift were missing, it would not be full. Yet is its fullness guaranteed by God? What concern, then, can a teacher of God have about what becomes of his gifts, given by God to God, who in this holy exchange can receive less than everything. 
Thank you, Robin Murray. And hmm. Jessica. Uh-huh. Yeah. I was just uh, pondering whether we want to pause here at the end of this one. Okay. Jessica, oh, go ahead and that's okay. okay. Um go ahead and read uh read this one and pause just a tiny bit and then go into set into set. Okay. <clears throat> Four. It is the relinquishing of all concern about the gift that makes it truly given. And it is trust that makes the tr- makes true giving possible. Healing is the change of mind that the Holy Spirit in the patient's mind is seeking for him. And it is the Holy Spirit in the mind of the giver who gives the gift to him. How can it be lost? How can it be ineffectual? How can it be wasted? God's treasure house can never be empty. And if one gift were missing, it would not be full. Yet is its fullness guaranteed by God. What concern then can a teacher of God have about what becomes of his gifts? Given by God to God, who in this holy exchange can receive less than everything. Okay. Should healing be repeated? This question really answers itself. Healing cannot be repeated. If the patient is healed, what remains to heal him from? And if the healing is certain, as we have already said it is, what is there to repeat? For a teacher of God to remain concerned about the result of healing is to limit the healing. It is now the teacher of God himself whose mind needs to be healed. And it is this he must facilitate. He is now the patient, and he must so regard himself. He has made a mistake and must be willing to change his mind about it. He lacked the trust that makes forgiving truly, and so he has not received the benefit of his gift. Thank you, Jennifer. Or sorry, Jessica. Thank you, Jessica. And Jennifer. Um, seven. Should should uh, is it easy to hear me? By the way. Okay. Good. Seven. Should healing be repeated? This question really answers itself. Healing cannot be repeated. If the patient is healed, what remains to heal him from? And if the healing is certain, as we have already said it is, what is there 
13. For a teacher of God to remain concerned about the result of healing is to limit the healing. It is now the teacher of God himself whose mind needs to be healed. And it is this he must facilitate. He is now the patient, and he must so regard himself or herself. He has made a mistake and must be willing to change his mind about it. He lacks the trust that makes forgiving truly, and so has not received the benefit of his gift. Two, whenever a teacher of God has tried to be a channel for healing, he has succeeded. Hmm. Should he be tempted to doubt this, he should not repeat his previous effort. That was already maximal because the Holy Spirit so accepted it and so... um, and so used it. Now, the teacher of God has only one course to follow. He must use his reason to tell himself that he has given the problem to the capital one who cannot fail and recognize that his own uncertainty is not love, but fear Wow, and therefore, hey, his position has thus become untenable. But he is offering hate to one to whom he offered love. This is impossible. Having offered love, only love can be received. Thank you, Jennifer and Lana. Okay. Two. Whenever a teacher of God has tried to be a channel for healing, <clears throat> excuse me, he has succeeded. Should he be tempted to doubt this, he should not repeat his previous effort. That was already maximal because the Holy Spirit so accepted it and so used it. Now the teacher of God has only one course to follow. He must use his reason to tell himself that he has given the problem to one who cannot fail and recognize that his own uncertainty is not love but fear and therefore hate. His position has thus become untenable, for he is offering hate to one to whom he offered love. This is impossible. Having offered love, only love can be received. It is in this that the teacher of God must trust. This is what is really meant by the statement that the one responsibility of the miracle worker is to accept the atonement for himself. 
The teacher of God is a miracle worker because he gives the gifts he has received. Yet he must first accept them. He need do no more, nor is there more that he could do. By accepting healing, he can give it. If he doubts this, let him remember who gave the gift and who received it. Thus is his doubt corrected. He thought the gift of God could be withdrawn. That was a mistake, but hardly one to stay with. And so the teacher of God can only recognize it for what it is and let it be corrected for him. Thank you, Lana. And is there a new reader for paragraphs three and four? And manual section seven? Good morning, Lemoyne. I can do it. Thank you, Judy. Let's see if I can see it. It is in this that the teacher of God must trust. This is what is really meant by the statement that the one responsibility of the miracle worker is to accept the atonement for himself. The teacher of God is a miracle worker because he gives the gifts he has received, yet he must first accept them. He need do no more, nor is there more that he could do. By accepting healing, he can give it. If he doubts this, let him remember, capital who gave the gift, and capital who received it. Thus, his doubt is corrected. He thought the gifts of God could be withdrawn. That was a mistake but hardly one to stay with. And so the teacher of God can only recognize it for what it is, a mistake, and let it be corrected for him. One of the most difficult temptations to recognize is that to doubt a healing because of the appearance of continuing symptoms is a mistake in the form of lack of trust. As such, it is an attack. Usually, it seems to be just the opposite. It does appear unreasonable at first to be told that continued concern is attack. It has all the appearances of love, yet love without trust is impossible. And doubt and trust cannot coexist. And hate must be the opposite of love, regardless of the form it takes. Doubt not the gift, and it is impossible to doubt its result. This is the certainty that gives God's teachers the power to be miracle workers for 
they have put their trust in him. Amen. Thank you, Judy. And is there another new reader for paragraphs four and five? This is Sandra. I can read. Thank you, Sandra. One of the most difficult temptations to recognize is that to doubt a healing because of the appearance of continuing symptoms is a mistake in the form of lack of trust. As such, it is an attack. Usually it seems to be just the opposite. It does It does appear unreasonable at first to be told that continued concern is attack. It has all the appearances of love, yet love without trust is impossible, and doubt and trust cannot coexist. The hate must be the opposite of love, regardless of the form it takes. Doubt not the gift, and it is impossible to doubt its results. This is the certainty that gives God's teachers the power to be miracle workers, for they have put their trust in capital H Him. Five, the real basis for doubt about the outcome of any problem that has been given to God's teachers for resolution is always self-doubt. And that necessarily implies that trust has been placed in an illusory self, for only such a self can be doubted. This illusion can take many forms. Perhaps there is a fear of weakness and vulnerability. Perhaps there is a fear of failure and shame associated with a sense of inadequacy. Perhaps there is a guilty embarrassment stemming from false humility The form of the mistake is not important. What is important only, what is important is only the recognition of mistake as a mistake. Thank you, Sandra. And is there another new reader for paragraphs five and six? Another new reader for five and six. Back to you then, Laurie. Yeah. Okay, five. The real basis for doubt about the outcome a problem that's been given to God's God's teacher for resolution is always small self-doubt. And that necessarily implies that trust has been placed in an illusory self. For only such a self can be doubted. This illusion can take many forms. Perhaps there is a fear of weakness and vulnerability. Perhaps there is a fear of failure and shame associated with a sense of inadequacy. Perhaps there is a guilty embarrassment stemming from false humility. 
the form of the mistake is not important. What is important is only the recognition of a mistake as a mistake. Six. The mistake is always some form of concern with the small self to the exclusion of the patient. It is a failure to recognize him as part of the self and thus represents a confusion in identity. Conflict about what you are has entered your mind and you have become deceived about yourself. And you are deceived about yourself because you have denied the source of your creation. If you are offering only healing, you cannot doubt. If you really want the problem solved, you cannot doubt. If you are certain what the problem is, you cannot doubt. Doubt is the result of conflicting wishes. Be sure of what you want. Be sure of what you want, and doubt becomes impossible. Thank you, Lori. And Bran. Six. The mistake is always some form of concern with the self to the exclusion of the patient. It is a failure to recognize him as part of the self and thus represents a confusion in identity. Conflict about what you are has entered your mind and you have become deceived about yourself. And you are deceived about yourself because you have denied the source of your creation. If you are offering only healing, you cannot doubt. If you really want the problem solved, you cannot doubt. If you are certain what the problem is, you cannot doubt. Doubt is the result of conflicting wishes. Be sure of what you want, and doubt becomes impossible. Thank you, Brent. And uh, <clears throat> I, I think there, there's not a lot to be said in summary of this, um, except perhaps in the first and second paragraphs of seven. But also uh, this thing from five, that the form of the mistake in any doubt about healing is not important. What is important is only the recognition of a mistake as a mistake. And I think... Um, to bring forth one thing as a as a, a further guide in this thing of uh, giving the gift and letting it be is uh, from <clears throat> chapter nine, section four, the unhealed healer, uh, paragraph twenty-seven. The only meaningful contribution the therapist can make is to present an example 
of one whose direction has been changed for him and who no longer believes in nightmares of any kind. The light in his mind will therefore answer the questioner who must decide with God that there is light because he sees it. And by his acknowledgement, the therapist knows it is there. That is how perception is ultimately translated into knowledge. The miracle worker begins by perceiving light and translates his perception into sureness by continually extending it and accepting its acknowledgement. Its effects assure him it is there. And then 28, the therapist does not heal. He lets healing be. (laughs) And further in that paragraph, the Holy Spirit is the only therapist. And I'll return to a previous sentence that I think we've read already in the manual where it says, you know, can you change the patient's mind for them? And it says, no, you know. The human therapist can only let him fulfill his function. He needs no help for this. He will tell you exactly what to do to help anyone he sends to you for help and will speak to him through you if you do not interfere. Remember that you are choosing a guide for helping and the wrong choice will not help. But remember also that the right one will. Trust him, for help is his function, and he is of God. And uh, so it's uh, <laughs> it's not the removal of ourselves from this cycle of gifts given to God and received by God, but to remove our interference and then participate. Anyway. Yeah, and in a confused and confusing world, it may be easier said than done, but there you go. That's my summary of this um of how to allow the certainty to be. Anyway, I'm complete there. Go ahead, Lori. Yeah, I was just going to say what a phenomenal, phenomenal point. Uh, and to find it all in two or three paragraphs is just pretty great. So thanks, Lemoyne. Uh, and thank Lemoyne. you, Lemoyne. That was just so spot on. Thank you. Thank you, Lemoyne. I liked it, too. Thank you, Lemoyne. Especially oh, the statement. This is Mindy. Good morning, everyone. The direction is changed. Um, I'm in the place where I'm feeling like there's so much I have to do. 
do, and if I take every individual thing that's bothering me, You're muffling yourself, Mindy, and we can't hear you. But it sounds like it's a thumb on the mic or something. Oh, can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? Yep, that's better. Okay. Well, just what you said that, you know, um, if we recognize it's a mistake and it can be corrected and our perception can be corrected, um, you know, if I can look at it as not a tragedy or a loss, just a mistake that's there to help me learn and grow and have a correction of the original mistake and come to a place of healing and love and health that's even greater than before. Um, and all I really need to do is have my direction changed for me. I don't even need to change my perception and do a, you know, 180 that I'm seeing it from the true perspective, that it's for me. It hasn't been done to me, but it's for me. I just really love that statement that, for one, and I don't recall what, the, what it was that you quoted exactly, but thank you, God, for changing my direction. <laughs> That's all I need to do is have that willingness and, and to allow not to entertain thoughts that, I, that don't bring me peace. You know, when my heart hurts or my body hurts when I have a thought, that is my cue that I am looking in the wrong direction with the wrong perspective and seeing something wrong. And it's like, oh, thank you, God, for helping me see this the way you would and help me change the direction of my thoughts so that I am creating healing or allowing for healing to happen. So I really like that because I've been feeling overwhelmed by care for kitties and having to do it and feeling like a body who hasn't gotten enough sleep and isn't keeping on top of things. And I just have to recognize that God is the doer and God is in all of them and that we are all healed and all is well. And um, we're all given what we need. You know, wintertime is kind of like um, my version of an unhappy dream or a nightmare, taking care of all these cats and being concerned about them not recognizing that God is in them and God has given them the ability to handle this cold. And, you know, um, having been released from my new chiropractor has been very challenging for me. All my abandonment issues have come up. And the body has been responding with um, fear. I've been responding with fear. And so the body's been acting up. And it's like, no, you know, I'm going to fall into the nightmare of not having relief again. And I'm realizing that the attitude with which I came to the adjustments didn't even allow for the healing that was there for me. So even though it's challenging, and like I said, sometimes it can be so confusing because all these thoughts come up and I think I have to go with that route and that route, really um, this is an opportunity to let go of fear. And some of it is deep-seated and, and has taken a lot of twists and turns. So patience with the process of letting the Holy Spirit bring them up so they can be seen for what they are, just dreams that are not happy, that are not real. And the light is being slowly, you know, um, they're coming up and I'm allowing the light to come and take its place. So patience with the process and um, reaching for the highest thought that I can and surrendering, opening my heart and surrendering to love and letting my direction and my thoughts be changed 
And that's the first step towards the happy dream. So it's kind of been a bit of a nightmare. <laughs> but um, I'm realizing that sometimes that happens so that I can see what I don't want. So thank you. I'm willing to have my direction changed, and I'm willing to not be the doer, and I'm willing to relax. And as someone said on an earlier call, I envision what I desire. I envision the lovely outcome that is the highest that my heart can conceive. And then I just trust that 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 or something better will happen. And I just go, I just get into the present moment and go with my guidance. I look into my heart and the thought comes to me. And if it feels good, I do it. And if it doesn't, I wait until my direction has changed and my doubt is gone. And I, I do what I'm told. And I let God be the doer. So that's, that's something I'm, I'm doing right now is, is in that place of I need to do nothing. I'm complete. Thank you. I'm, I'm ready to just sit on the couch and, and be at peace and not be the doer. Amen. Thanks, guys. Thank you, Mindy. Thank you, Mindy. Thanks, Mindy. And one P.S. When there really is something to do, I will be motivated from love, and I will get up and I will do something in in anticipation of sharing love, like going out in the cold and feeding the kitties. Instead of dreading it and thinking, oh, my God, I've got to feed them. It's so cold. It's like, oh, it's time to get on my coat and go outside and feed the cats. Yeah. And the love will, will move me. And, um, and I trust in that love. Thank you. Nice BS. Thank you, Lindsay. Yes, thank you, Mindy. Uh, I just wanted to mention a couple things before they leave my mind very quickly um, about this reading, and um, I sure am reminded of it of them often. <laughs> um, one is that um, you know when I ask for healing, uh, that is immediate. That healing is accomplished immediate, but. The healing is accomplished in eternity, in truth. But a lot of time, well, most times, not all times, it seems to play out in time. I am in, I seem to be in a realm of time and space. So that healing is, even though it's accomplished, it can seem to play out in time, which will give me an impression that it's taking time and it's not immediate but I can rest in that certainty that it has been accomplished and all I have to do is continue to rest in God for it to show up and manifest um, and the other thing is that um, you know I I can't heal my brother in such a, what I can do for my brother when they come, you know, if they come to me for healing, is I can point them towards the truth. You know, even A Course in Miracles is not the truth, but it's a powerful, the most powerful pointer to the truth. Uh, they make that decision to accept the atonement for themselves, just like I do. And, um, but we can point the minds of our brothers in the direction of the truth, um, which 
for the most part is all they need you know it's um it's just doing a u-turn in their mind to head towards it and then holy spirit just <laughs> brings them along to it and then they have that experience of healing so anyhow i'm complete i just wanted to share a couple things before they left my mind <laughs> like thank you lana yeah, thank you thank, thank you for all you give um in your ministry too yeah thank you lana thank- Thank yeah, you. Thank you yeah, I like that. The healing has happened when you ask for it. Thank you. And, I'd like to take one step and back. Would, no healing is necessary. We're already perfect. Thank you, Lemoyne. Okay. Short. Speed. <laughs> Um, yes, I would like to turn now to Fran, who leads us in the lesson every day, even when her family calls. So thank you for that, Fran. And uh, yeah, all I can do is ask that everyone give their attention to Fran. Go ahead. Thank you, Lemoyne. Thank you. Thanks, everybody. Hi, everybody. We are still in the second part of the workbook, and the theme that we're on is, What is a Miracle? And today's lesson is Lesson 345. I offer only miracles today, for I would have them be returned to me. So I shall read some from What is a Miracle, and then we'll go over to our lesson and do our five-minute meditation. What is a miracle? Forgiveness is the home of miracles. The eyes of Christ deliver them to all they look upon in mercy and in love. Perception stands corrected in his sight, and what was meant to curse has come to bless. Each lily of forgiveness offers all the world the silent miracle of love, and each is laid before the word of God upon the universal altar to creator and creation in the light of perfect purity and endless joy. The miracle is taken first on faith because to ask for it implies the mind has been made ready to conceive of what it cannot see and does not understand. Yet faith will bring its witnesses to show them, to show that what it rested on is really there. Unless the miracle will justify your faith in it and show it rested on a world more real than what you saw before. A world redeemed from what you thought you saw. Now we'll go over to our lesson. Lesson 345. I offer only miracles today, for I would have them be returned to me. Father, a miracle reflects your gifts to me, your son, and everyone I give returns to me reminding me the law of love is universal. Even here it takes the form which can be recognized and seen to work. The miracles I give are given back in just the form I need to help me with the problems I perceive. Father, in heaven it is different, for there, there are no needs. 
But here on earth, the miracle is closer to your gifts than any other gift which I can give. Then let me give this gift alone today, which, born of true forgiveness, lights the way that I must travel to remember you. Peace to all seeking hearts today. The light has come to offer miracles to bless the tired world. It will find rest today, for we will offer what we have received. Lesson 345. I offer only miracles today, for I would have them be returned to me. Five minutes.
Lesson 345. I offer only miracles today, for I would have them be returned to me. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Fran. Yes, thank you, Fran. Thank you, guys. Thank you, Fran. Thank you, Fran. Thanks, Fran. Good morning, Go ahead. Um, I offer only forgiveness today, for I would have forgiveness be returned to me. And my experience with this lesson and with this reading is that the reason I offer only forgiveness is because I've been working on these lies that I've told myself because I allowed others to define who I was for, I don't know, 40 years. And honest to God, I would think that they would be healed by now, but they still crop up. They still, you know, and the way that I describe it is that, you know, when a situation happens, when I go into the victim which is a pattern that, you know, it just seems to happen. That's the initial place I go. Then I can work my way out of it because I have tools, but I still go into that victim place. And, and so the only thing I can offer myself, and, and when I go into that victim place, which is the ego, I am contributing, contributing to the time, space, continuum and in God's world there is no time and no it it, it just in the space is infinite it's just it's not it's not finite but when I align with victimhood I'm aligning with that time space continuum and and supporting that and I, I I just need to forgive myself and forgive everybody else who we can't, I can't push this process. I mean, I'd like to just snap my fingers and, and be done with it, you know. Um, have it all and have it now. And have a, a, a life of pure bliss continuously. <laughs> um, but it's, it's, it's not there. But I, I can't doubt because it's not there yet, I can't doubt the truth of who I am. I still have to let God define who I am. Holy Spirit define who I am. And I got to catch myself every time I go back into the old patterns. I just got to catch it. But for, you know, <laughs> I've been doing this work. I've been studying the Course in Miracles for 16 years and have been doing other personal and spiritual growth work previous to that. And you would think, God, but... When I think about it, and I think that this has been going on since the beginning of time, these patterns 
have been going on since the beginning of time. So I can forgive myself. Give myself a little space and, and unconditional love. And, and just keep putting one foot in front of the other. In gratitude for the experience that we call life. I'm complete. That was so beautiful, Sandra. Thank you. Wonderful, Sandra. Thank you for um, your honesty and and sharing it. Thank you, Sandra. I I love the reminder from the Course to beware of the temptation to see myself unfairly treated. I'm complete. Thank you, Sandra, for that prescription. (laughs) And, yeah, we put one foot in front of the other. Thank you. I don't think that ever ends until we're not here anymore, until we don't have any feet. Thanks, Sandra. (laughs) Thanks, Robin Marie. Yes, thank you. This is Sarana. You know, one of the seeming paradoxes of truth, I'm out on the porch, I'm sorry for the background noise, um, is that um, I can't heal, I can't go back to the past and I can't go forward to the future. I can't heal my mind always. <laughs> for an all, I can only heal it now. You know, when I, when I really get that, that I can only find peace here and now, but that peace is always available to me here and now, I don't have to be concerned with the future or the past. I can only um, realize my truth and my peace and my perfection right here, right now. And it's always right here, right now. So it's always available to me. And, and um, it saves me a lot of regrets and judgments of myself, you know, about, gosh, I haven't learned this yet. <laughs> I know exactly what you mean, Sandra. Um, you know, it's like, when is this going to end? And it ends right now. You know, it ends in the certainty of now. And um, and that's truly uh, the gift of salvation. So I'm complete. Thanks again, Sandra. That was perfect. Perfect, Lana. Thank you so much. Thank Thanks, you, Lana. Thank you, Lana and Sandra. Good morning. This is Jennifer. Um, as a... Um, as a massage therapist and bone work practitioner, um, the last almost 30 years now, reading this, reading this story, I'm like, oh yeah, this is this is what it's like to be a healer, <laughs> and and all the different phases um, that I've gone through, and and currently, and I really, um, uh, you know, um, Lina, the the present is where is the peace and the joy. Wow, that was, um, thank you for that swift, uh, swift reminder healing. Um, 
I will say as a practitioner, um, having clients come in and they come in and see me, you know, every sometimes a week, sometimes four weeks, sometimes a couple times a year, um, they might come in with a similar um, um, condition that I'm there to help heal. Um, and uh, I just think that in that moment, um, and I have a lot of trust. Maybe that's why I do the work I do. I have a lot of trust. But now that the doubt, uh, a lot of the doubt I used to have of, of outcomes, you know, like, oh, my God, I hope this psoas releases, or, I, you know, yada, yada. Um, used to really worry and go into fear about, God, they're, they're needing this. Can I deliver? And now in my practice, um, I'm stepping back, I guess you could say, and um, letting the holy part of me and um, the Christ within and, and the Holy Spirit and the whole gang, there's like a whole group in the room um, helping me, uh, support me with the, with the client. I'm very aware. And, um, and they're, just, it's, they're just working right through me. And so um, the doubt has, for the most part, is gone. And, um, and that's called present time. And if that client comes back in with a similar, uh, you know, low back problem, it's a layer. They're releasing layers. And, you know, it just reminds me that we're all here because we're letting go of this illusion and we're going back to God. So who am I to judge or they to judge me or themselves in this process? And when we're not here anymore or need to be in the schoolhouse of earth, we'll, we'll have moved on to some serious present time. <laughs> Anyways, with that, I'm complete. Oh, thank you, Jessica. I loved hearing that. Thank you, Jennifer. I bet I said the wrong name again. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> Sorry. Well, this is Jessica, and um, I, I was really loving the uh, reading, um, and it really reminded me of the. Um, rules for decision in the sense of the, you know, the emphasis on trust and going back to, you know, you're not the one doing it. You got to turn it over to the one who's doing it. And, um, you know, I was very much thinking about this uh, situation that I, I felt like I was sent, um, I was sent people to do some, miracle work with and I really made an effort to listen to guidance about you know that I'm not you know and I read the um, even though I've been spent most of my life being a psychotherapist I, I read the psychotherapy manual just to be sure that I was aligned properly and yet um, when I hear I don't see these people anymore when I hear about what's going on with them, I do exactly what he says not to do. 
I start thinking, oh, it didn't work, you know, and that's why this was so helpful to me today. One of the most difficult temptations to recognize is, is that to doubt a healing because of the appearance of continuing symptoms is a mistake in the form of lack of trust. And the part that really hit me was um, love without, uh, like a little past halfway into the paragraph, love without trust is impossible and doubt and trust cannot coexist. And, you know, this goes to what Lana was talking about, about time, that that the healing has is, is happened. Uh, the healing happens instantly. Um, but I don't necessarily recognize it because time is sort of convoluted in my mind. You know, everything in this illusion is sort of upside down and backwards. and And I'm looking for something that isn't what what Holy Spirit is, uh, is, has ordered (laughs) or has, has, has helped me, um, do with the miracles. Um, I don't know. It just really is beautiful. God's, uh, 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 doubt is, doubt not the gift. And it is impossible to doubt its results. This is the certainty that gives God's teachers the power to be miracle workers, for they have put their trust in him. It's not me. How many times do I have to be told and remind myself, it's not me. None of it is. Because there is no me. And, oh, there's this other part in the reading where, um, oh, gosh, where was it? I just got remembered that it says that he that 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 the self includes him i don't know if anybody remembers that um or maybe i'll i'll get back on here um if i find it thanks for listening i love you thank you jessica really important stuff there thank you so much I think you're looking for um, that first paragraph in Should Healing Be Repeated. Yeah. Let me see. Yep. He has made a mistake. Let's see. Well, I might be wrong. Now he is the patient, so he must regard himself. That's where I made the note. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Judy. Yeah, he needs to heal his own mind. We can't be miracle workers at all unless we've accepted the atonement for ourselves and recognized what the Course teaches us as oneself, united, one mind, one soul, one spirit, and it's in the state of grace forever and you know that you know any doubt that miracles can't be performed in a state of doubt or fear which is all in the separated state so i think these distinctions are being made very clear here for us that i must accept 
that perfect love is within me, that I am as God created me, and that that is something I can experience and know every day. And the lesson is, here we are, another daily lesson. I offer only miracles, only the expressions of love, only the expressions of peace, only the expressions of unity in a state of grace, one with everybody and everything, equally, evenly, without exception. Everything's included. Not a single thing is not unacceptably, unaccept, unconditionally accepted. Everything is unconditionally accepted. For I would have that love be returned to me in my awareness of it. This is the restoration of the wholeness and completion of who and what I am in truth. Very simply. Simple as it gets. But it's practice. You know, I gotta Jude's gotta get the hell out of the picture. Her judgments, her thinking, you know, a calm and tranquil mind that just looks and just listens and just hears and sees everything is love, love loving itself, holiness, seeing everything as holiness itself, that there is just one. There's not two. There's only one. There's not two. There is no other than that I am. And I am that in everything, everywhere, all the time. That atonement is a total commitment. And to understand my totality, i got to understand it totally, all the time, every place, without any changes. Love doesn't change. It doesn't vacillate. doesn't come and go. It's stable. It's constant. It's consistent. That's what, what makes it so so simple and easy to relax and say, Jude, you're not in charge. You're simply not in charge, not even of yourself, you know. You just have to be in harmony and the rhythm and in accord with it. It's all a beautiful movement, expression of God himself. And to go with the flow of it, it's all beyond mind. It's just getting, letting go of beliefs of my own, questioning everything I think I know that makes me doubt or be uncertain. Because as soon as I question my ego, I can see there's nothing there. It's all a figment of my imagination, an eye image of my own making. <laughs> I'm not who I think I am. I'm not who I thought I was. I don't think I am so much anymore. <laughs> and certainly don't take her seriously. And... Um, Peace to all seeking hearts today, that the light has come to offer love and peace and joy to bless the tired world, and it will find rest, for we will offer what we have received. What has God given me? Everything. Because God has given me himself. And I love what you read, Lemoyne, because that, you know, that we are the way, the truth, and the light, that that light is understanding this to me. That's what light means, that I can see the light through my understanding, capital understanding. I can see the light in everything, the light of holiness. 
and that Judy doesn't do anything. She's never done anything. She's not simply not the doer. She's not the thinker. That it's all God working through and in and as everything is one. There's no separate parts. It's all one. And the wholeness and its wholeness and completion. That the light and the way and the truth are all one. And one great big grand celestial symphony. The um what else did I want to say about that light? Oh, about the healing. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's um, you know, the, that it's created perfect, the soul and the mind and the kingdom, and to decide to know what I really want is to restore my awareness that I am the kingdom of God, as the court puts forth in its language, its words, that I am is, the one Son, the kingdom of God in all its expression, that I am, those sacred holy words, I am, that's prior to everything that is expressed. That is the light, that is the way, that is the truth. And in those holy words, knowing that in that awareness is what heals my mind, and by extending my awareness to everything that I see with that holy vision is what being a miracle worker in human form is about, healing the misperceptions of what we think we are because we're overlooking, we're overlooking what the body's eyes perceive and seeing through the eyes of the one light, the light of the eyes of forgiveness the eyes of a miracle worker, Christ, doing the miracles. He's the one doing it. He's the, he's the, grand, he's the grand and great doer. <laughs> and we're not doing anything. We're just giving up what we think we've done that never happened. But we can't wrap our heads around that, so I'm not going to even go there this morning. But I'm finding great joy in all this this morning, and I hope you guys are too. Thank you so much for giving me a place to be with you together. This morning, I am complete. Thanks, Judy. Thank you, Judy. Um, this is Jessica. You, I did Judy. find that. Go ahead. I, I didn't want to interrupt anybody thanking Judy. No, I'm complete. Go ahead, Jessica. Oh. <laughs> Okay, I did find that other spot that had sort of surprised me, which is in the paragraph six, um, and it says, the mistake is always some form of concern with the self to the exclusion of the patient. It is a failure to recognize him as part of the self, and thus represents a confusion in identity. So uh, it's interesting to me that, you know, it's like, the self is not capitalized and um, and it's a concern with, you know, my image, my identity. I, I that's how I understand that. And and it's excluding the patient. It's denying the fact that we are one and thinking that I'm some sort of separate identity. Um, 
it's a failure to recognize him as part of the self. I just thought that was really amazing and complete. Boy, it sure is, Jessica. And I'm glad you highlighted it. And uh, I don't want to step on anyone, but that's kind of where where I feel called to talk to. Uh, so I'm complete. Um, <clears throat> this is Renee. Um, I, I wanted to go back to what Jennifer said about layers because the, the, I, I, I worry the whole time, the, the reading that, you know, oh, I hope over the years, like it's, sometimes I've heard it taken so literally because it is, it's layers, it's accumulations, uh, it's uh, healing can be immediate, uh, but some, a lot of times it's, a pro, it's the atonement process, it's the purification process, um, like the development of trust, it's how much can be let go at one time from it's like the lesson, love holds no grievances. Where would I hold grievances? Well, maybe on my energy field. Um, it, it's kind of like, oh, quit holding that on your light field. And for me, I, would, I went and got several Reiki sessions before I was ever attuned to Reiki. And this is decades ago and and then recently I was reattuned but they the Reiki master breathed it on me literally it's a it's a spiritual transmission and it it took me right back to growing up in you know in church and Jesus breathed the gift of the Holy Spirit on the disciples it's a spiritual transmission you know of the Holy Spirit and that was quite a detox after receiving that. It is, um, you know, I, it really was an opening. And um, it's, it's just how much can somebody receive. And then I got the, this abstract thinking with quantum touch or, or qigong where you're in training to the other person's consciousness because Jesus transmitted consciousness and uh, then the other thing is you know the uh, one of the visualizations that we learned was to imagine if you if someone wasn't receiving what you were trans ascending that it would be held in a bubble f- for them until they could. It's kind of like uh, the, it's a, the purification or it, it could take a little while before someone was willing, but they would eventually be. I'm complete. Oh, boy, I loved hearing that, Renee. Thank you so much, emphasizing those layers of acceptance. Yeah, thank you. Thank you so much, Renee. Yeah, thank you, Renee. Uh, I want to 
not to gainsay what the what it says here, where it says healing cannot be repeated. But I've come to this recognition <laughs> that <laughs> you know, um, hmm, how to say it well that yeah, this goes with the thing of of layers. And, you know, what it directly goes to after it says healing cannot be repeated, it says, well, if the teacher of God is concerned about the result and therefore limiting the healing, you know, it is now the teacher of God himself whose mind needs to be healed. So this process, like she said, when they call it the process of atonement, the deepening of the atonement, you know, it comes in the recognition that I didn't really offer healing. I offered a chance for them to escape my judgment because it didn't come out the way I wanted, and now I'm upset about let my mind stray to effect and be um, and let them be caused of my state of mind, of just like positioning of objects, if you will. <clears throat> you know, for me, <laughs> the the example in my life now is the kind of, uh, I, I kind of don't even really want to bring it up, but, you know, I, but it's the, the management of, cat boxes. So now there's actually three buckets of cat poo in the kitchen. (laughs) uh, This is not working, right? And, you know, the inspiration, the guidance I'm getting is just go clean it up, you know, with a happy heart, right? Just let it, let it be. Not let the, if it bothers me, but whether or not it bothers me, I can clean it up. And the, the real measure of whether I'm offering healing is how much I would judge while I'm cleaning it up or just be happy that I've restored some level, basic level of hygiene in the kitchen. And... Uh, um, yeah, that that this thing is the, uh, you know, and how much do I want to suffer is really it. Because I could, it's been actually been sitting there a while, I think over a day now. And and I could just go clean it up or I, or I can suffer. And it's like, oh, it's pretty simple. You know, I have you know, tools, masks, and such. Uh, but I'm really struggling to get my head out of the effect of it. <clears throat> then it's clear that I need the, I need the healing here. You know that I would rather have the, the mess and judge, than, um, just do what's needful, and forgo all judgment somebody probably just forgot what they were doing and walked away from it didn't remember and uh, 
Yeah, it's this thing of don't let your mind straight to effect. And uh, I've really been bound up in a lot of judgment around the management of this <laughs> and, uh, and let it affect who I am. And uh, then I, I know I, I, can't, I can't really say anything about anybody in that state because I've chosen to be at effect rather than um, take on the simple cause. Guidance is pretty clear. It needs cleaning. Clean it. <laughs> it that guidance has caused, it seems to have caused a lot of other effects of cleaning. So don't give up now. Don't give up being cause in the matter of my own attitude towards life. And, uh, yeah, let the healing be with judging. Anyway, I'm just Thank you very much, Lemoyne. Great show. Thank you, Lemoyne. Yes. I yeah. really loved it. And I laughed out loud when you said, um, if I'm, you know, if I'm looking for whether the healing was complete or noticing symptoms, then it wasn't healing that I offered. It was the opportunity to escape my judgment. I love that. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, I love that too. Thank you. Good morning. Thank you, Jessica. And, and you know, this is Lori, and what I really love uh, about that, Lemoyne, is um, over time I learned the same way. Um, I learn in the little, I love the way he does that. He teaches me in the little matters, the seemingly little matters, so that I'll be prepared uh, when there's a real call for love, you know? Um, but a couple of things I wanted to say, especially, uh, Jessica, I'm glad you found that part uh, in, in the sixth paragraph. If I have a doubt in a brother, it's really a doubt in myself. And um, and so I, I went looking for some reinforcement this morning, and I found it uh, right in the very second paragraph of the introduction to the manual for teaching. Here's, here's something really, really important and simple. Uh, it says, you cannot give to someone else. You cannot give to someone else. You see, because uh, the error in my thinking is that there is someone else. Now, that's that's really important because uh, what I wanted to say about that sixth paragraph is he ends it with, be sure of what you want. Be sure of what you want. And that's where uh, the guidance comes in, Lemoyne, for me. Um, I remember when I was a when I was a real 
beginner, you know, with I don't understand forgiveness, a miracle. I just know that something happens in my mind and I'm flipping happy and I don't know what to do with it all. You know, that phase. And and in that phase, um, of course, I wanted to go out and tell everybody, you know, we've got it all wrong. There's this course of miracles. You need to get it. And, you know, the conveyance of information is not the same as healing. Um, but what I want to say about that phase of of my spiritual development, my ability to uh, share the love of God, is that when I'm sure of what I want, I will get step by step by step guidance through the circumstance. Not, you know, or I do it like this, conveyed to my mind instantly, but through the circumstance, whatever the circumstance is, I desire my brother's healing in this. And in this circumstance, I'll get some guidance. And if I follow that when I was a beginner, and I follow that guidance, and then I get some more. And in this circumstance, this. And in this circumstance, this. Who's the learner in that situation? Not the person that I'm trying to be helpful to and and love, but myself. It's my mind. Ultimately, you know, uh, just like you said, Jessica, I can't give anything to anyone else. My learning is that there is no one else. That's my learning. He um, he says it in in uh, chapter 21 in reason and perception. And this is where I have to tell my mind I've made a mistake, like he like he teaches us in this reading. He says there is another vision and another voice in which your freedom lies awaiting but your choice. And if you place your faith in them, you will perceive another capital self in you. This other self sees miracles as natural. They're simple and natural to it as breathing as to the body. They are the obvious response to calls for help. The only one capital it makes. Miracles seem unnatural to the ego because it doesn't understand how separate minds can influence each other, nor could they do so. But minds cannot be separate. This other self is perfectly aware of this, and thus it recognizes that miracles do not affect another's mind, only its own. They always change your mind. There is no other. And, and the whole point um, of this uh, discussion, you know, what if I looked at it like this when he says, is healing certain? What if I said to my mind, is there a problem? You see, the only problem that ever exists is like you said, mind, I'm going to give you a chance to escape my judgment. <laughs> Who needs to be the learner? Uh, but me, you know, and I love the way he ends that first section is healing certain in paragraph four. Uh, of course, trust is required. It's the change of mind the Holy Spirit seeks in the receiver's mind. But pay attention to this, Lori. It's the Holy Spirit who gives to God, and it is received by God, and who in this exchange who in this exchange receives less than everything. 
You know, of course healing is certain. So should it be repeated? Um, this is this whole injunction is to my mind about trust, of course, and to recognize that if I'm fearful, I'm not trusting, and trust is part of the gift. Um, and all that's well and good, but I've made a mistake. And this is where it's so critical. He, he says, uh, let your reason tell you in that second paragraph where the teacher has tried to be a channel, he has succeeded. I've tried to convey love. I have. And I have felt like it wasn't received. And I made that mistake. I've made it several times. And it's very painful to make that mistake um, because it calls into question my own thoughts about myself. And of course, that's why he says uh, to fail at miracle working is uh, a lack of faith, a lack of faith in the power which is in you, but not of you. You know, it's always some doubt about myself. And he's, I think later on in the manual for teachers, he says, you will make this mistake. Um, but the learning Remember, a miracle is always from my mind. The learning is to recognize, and there, I, I don't believe there's any other way um, than to attempt to love and then stand around and wait and see if somebody's received it. I think, to me, that's the only way I learned that uh, somebody else I was waiting to see um, was my problem, you know? My problem was the fact that I thought there was somebody else. We call them brothers. You know, we call each other brothers. But there's a recognition that I think I couldn't make any other way. That we're always just sitting around here talking to ourselves uh, in dialogue so that we can understand the grandeur of the self we share. And... Um, and I, I really don't believe there's any other way to learn about this capital as self than to make the mistake of sitting and watching and waiting to see if love was received, only to discover that um, I've been giving to capital as self all along. And, uh, and that's the nature of the gift that comes back, you see. Um, it's the gift of dialogue, and when I'm certain of what I want, I'll pay attention to all the little steps along the way um, to that realization. There are many, um, in, I think, in my attempts to love. There are as many as people who uh, seem to need love, and... Um, and it's the seem to need that's my mistake, you see. <clears throat> we are all just each other. He says your brother is a mirror perception lasts. Your brother is a mirror as long as perception lasts. Um, I don't believe there's any other way to see the face of Christ than to have all my mistaken projections corrected. And when my mistaken projections are corrected in my own mind, what I see will be 
a perfect reflection of the Christ that we both share, you see? I don't believe there's any other way to realize it. And uh, that's why he gives us to each other. I'm complete. Thank you, Lori. Thank you so much, Lori. Yeah, that was beautiful. Thank you, too, Lori. <laughs> I don't want anybody to get the impression I don't still make that mistake, because I do. Uh, but that's, you know, that's what time is for, right, Lana? <laughs> Just like you said. So, thanks. Thank you. Thank you. It's Renee again. I, I, just the <laughs> the example of the litter box. It really, it took me to the Ho'oponopono, which is the constant cleaning process. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. I love you. Thank you. And um, forgiveness is my function as the light of the world. That. That's how I keep my light shining, is forgiving and not letting an accumulation happen. It's just a constant. On more than one level, it, you know, because Ho'oponopono and, of course, Course in Miracles, you know, it's talking about the subconscious to some extent, but it's also, it's happening at the same time, you know, the clearing of the subconscious, the clearing of the present. Um, and then the light of the world brings peace to every mind. Through my forgiveness, uh, something happens with that. It, it's some kind of forgiveness fusion. I, I, it's like nuclear fission. I mean, when I'm forgiving, I'm, I'm releasing something that's affecting everybody. Um, and then we get together as mighty companions and, and do that. And wow, you know, we're, we're increasing the vibration of everybody. You know, the how, how do I sustain this? And, and and for me, you know, in this forgiveness process, that's what's happened when I really plateaued is. I've, you know, it, it was so much slower during that time of when, well, let's say I had repressed things come up and, and then I have to, how long did it take to process them or forgive them or <clears throat> um, turn that, you know, alchemize that until I, nah, I'm complete. Alchemize that into light. Oh, that was beautiful, Renee. Thank you. Thanks, Renee. This is Sandra, and I know that forgiveness for me sets sets creation free. Because when I'm judging, I've 
I'm now miscreating. And so the forgiveness sets it free so that I can create. And what do I want to create? I think that question is, what do I want? What do I want to create? Um, For me, I want to create the satisfaction in me of a job well done. I get a great deal of satisfaction from a job well done. And I used to be a procrastinator. And I saw, and I, and I loved uh, um, this share about the cat litter. Um, I'm just going to blank on your name for some reason. Um, anyway, um, because I realized I used, when I was a procrastinator that it made me miserable. I suffered so much from that. And so then I, I got the message through going to some kind of a workshop est or the forum or something like that. Um, you know, just do it. Just do it. <laughs> and so I sort of coined that, just do it. And then I, I would do it. And then I would get this feeling of satisfaction. <laughs> like, I did it. <laughs> I did the job and I did it well. And And that, there was joy in that. And so... I prefer the joy rather than the suffering. I'm complete. Thank you so much, Sandra. Thank you. Good morning. This is Jennifer. Thank you, Sandra. You know, I just keep going back to um, whenever I'm judging anything or I'm angry, I, I'm not in present time. So... Uh, peace and joy are always in present time. And when things come up, pain registers, um, sadness, anger. When I'm in present time with these feelings, there's a sense of holy grace that's holding me, embracing me, And there's a natural present time release. I'm at peace. So I'll have to say, um, if my focus is peace, truly peace, uh, I'll be um, grounded in present time. And whatever comes, it'll be a graceful, peaceful situation. And I know if I uh, am in the past or fearing or going to the future, I can call one of you or or another friend in another group uh, that is in, I'm being guided to call them because they're in present time. They're at peace. So with that, I'm complete. Thank you, Jennifer. Thank you, Jennifer. Yeah, this is Jennifer again. Um, accepting the atonement, it's not easy. It's simple, but it's not freaking easy. So, um, but being, I guess, uh, more and more that I'm in present time, 
um, it just feels good more and more to be a human on this planet. So um, I'll just focus more and more as I am <clears throat> at simple and peace. I'm complete. Thank you, Jennifer. Well, thanks, y'all. I want to return to something Sandra said, you know, that (laughs) this is like... (laughs) I think this is a a form of the question he says you can that you can always ask is what is it for? And, and another form of that might be what do I want? And he does say that you know that the that the deeper in complete acceptance of the atonement is when and where certainty comes from is from knowing what you want. If you want peace, you know, the freedom to express joy, decent, the fruits of the spirit. That this is, uh, you know, if this is what we want and all that we want, then can accept the atonement and not go back on it in certain circumstances. And I say certain, not that there are specific certain circumstances that call for it everywhere, but that certain circumstances is where I have certain judgments laid already. And so... Yeah, I mean, there is a process. It can take time. The Course of Love says is a very gentle statement. It can take time to undo in time what has been done in time. And this points again at the patience that calls upon infinite love is the infinite patience, not just across all time, but across everything in time. And, yeah, I just always, I don't, I don't feel the need, but I think, you know, the infinite extent of, uh, Well, the infinite extent of God's love is infinite in space and time. And that the alignment of will is to be willing to have it flow anywhere now as well as remain that way in time. Anyway, um, yeah, it's, it's... Simple, but it's a big ask, but it has a big reward, and I'm complete. Oh, beautiful, Lamar. 
Thank you very much. Wayne, I want to thank you for being I want to thank you for talking about that kitty litter that I assume ended up there because someone didn't do their part. Oh, this lesson is such a good thing for me. Uh, I have um, kitty cat colony and I have to decide when to let my domestics out and when to let them in and when to lock the cat door so the other ones don't come in and loose or eat the food that's meant for my domestics. And, um, there's a kitty cat that's being um, neglected. My neighbors aren't letting it in, aren't keeping it in at night or during the day. It's been sleeping here for the last 10 days, ever since it got really cold, sneaking in to eat. Um, it has squeezed. Um, sometimes I used to kick it out and not feed it, and it would attack my cat. That was not good. So I have a real teaching and learning um, opportunity here. And instead of seeing my brothers as sinless, the neighbors, and understanding, I've had experience with them ignoring their dogs when they put them outside, etc., and knowing that they, they seem to be more trouble than most people, do drugs, yell at each other, whatnot, the kids yell, get yelled at. And I'm trying to think, what am I going to say to them? You know, keep your cat in. If you can't keep your cat in, please give me some money to feed it and give it sea treatments. You know, all the stuff that I'm rehearsing. And judging and making myself separate. And also making me, I'm not able to deal with this. Damn it. You guys, stop it. Do something. You know, um, I don't want another cat. Now, it's not being done to me. It's being done for me. I love this cat. I just love petting him. And he is not really the problem with my other cats. It's my feeling of lack. It's my not trusting God that I can handle it. And this is an opportunity for me to see my brother's sinlessness, to not see them separate from me. I had a moment where I realized that they must have had an awful upbringing to be so uncaring about their, their, their pet and to yell at their kids and do drugs, and, and to yell at the neighbors for petting their pets. And I thought, wow, there's some healing that needs to be here. So I, I did my best to see them healed and whole. I was actually able to do it. And I realized that when I'm judging them as lacking, not able to take care of the responsibilities, I'm seeing myself that same way. And I'm not trusting God to work through me to be able to lovingly perform my duties. And um, it's really interesting how I, the, the projection, so this is a real learning experience. So I'm going to see myself like you are going to, you know you can clean up the litter. I know I can take care of this animal. I can feed it. God will give me the money. I've got a sweet treatment. God will give me the money. I've got the love. And when this animal is loved, he doesn't attack my other cat. And I'm just, I'm not going to say or do a darn thing until it comes from love. I, I like to say, if you're wondering where your cat is, he's here. <laughs> and um, 
um, you know, if you want to try and keep him in, great. And if you'd like to contribute to the, the, the food I've been giving him, that would be lovely. I'm at 884 Chicago. I'm going to give him a sweet treatment. You know, I'll just tell him what I'm doing and see what they want to do. And I might not even do that. I might not even do that. See, it, this cat is not happening to me. Oh, my God, another one. And I'm already overwhelmed. This is for me. This cat is teaching me, and in turn, when I'm looking to be a teacher, I'm coming from a sense of separate self. And um, I'm here to teach this kid love because he's obviously not getting much of it from his, his family. Anyway, I'm meandering. Let me get back to the point here. This kitty is here to help me realize that God's power and love and resources are unlimited in me and through me. And that this is a blessing and a pleasure to have this guy here. And it's an opportunity for me to, to, to extend a miracle. All, this thought, all these lessons about forgiveness, about knowing that I'm sinless, seeing my brother sinless, knowing that I can choose love over fear. Every single one has, has led up to um, giving a miracle. And I started to review lesson 331, and I'm going to keep doing that because they all build on each other. And I recognize I didn't really give my whole heart to them and didn't get what I could. Anyway, this is a big, big lesson in learning, and I'm going to extend the miracle of seeing them whole and happy and complete and knowing God and and knowing the love and supply and strength of God. God is my strength. Vision is his gift. I'm going to see God working through them, and they know that they are able to take care of their pets. They are able to take care of their cats with love. And whatever happens, happens. But um, I'm giving a miracle of that to them so that I can receive that right here. I am able. I can handle the winter and its extra things. I can handle the cats. I can continue to heal. I can continue to be a, um, a person in a messy house who is allowing it to be a blessing and a learning tool. And I can, most of all, forgive myself for my shortcomings and so-called mistakes and know that I am loved and know that, that God is, is healing all of the lack of love that I felt that caused me to have beliefs about that directly and indirectly caused me to have circumstances in my life that I felt unhappy with and could not change or control. And I'm allowing God to get me back to the core of those issues and to forgive the mistakes and to say, you are whole, you are healed, and you are safe, and you are loved in me. And that has never changed. And I'm here to carry you and bring a happy dream to all of you by extending miracles through you today. And by gosh, by golly, and it sound like glory, I'm willing to do that, and I'm willing to allow the Holy Spirit to do that and to take every thought that makes me think that there are separate things to deal with and do and know the miracle of knowing the love of God and allowing it heals every single one. And I'm going to look with delight at what I can do and ask that I have the best and highest thought as I do it and let that love flow. And boy, I'm just going to just count the miracles at the end of the day. <laughs> and I hope I can share a few with you guys tomorrow. Thanks so much for letting me work through it. My mind has been racing all day. And 
all these things have been coming to me, and now by sharing it, I can see the cohesiveness of it and how this lesson is going to be the bright, shining beacon of light that shines away the darkness, as Renee said. Thank you so much, guys. I'm complete. And I love you all. Thank you so much for, for being a, an open-hearted place for us to to talk and to share and to, to reveal ourselves and to bring it to the gentleness of the Holy Spirit. Incomplete. Thank you, Mindy. Thank you, Mindy. Sorry, I had to drop off the call for a while. I missed a lot of shares. But um, before I left, I was thinking about the the chapter, The Unhealed Healer in the text, and um, bringing truth to illusion, um, which I know, Lori, you You've, you've spoken of um, to, to, to help me greatly in my understanding of um, how we start from the bottom up and we bring illusions to the truth that maybe I'm still confused, but um, I think this is, this is a good time for you to talk about it. Um, again, I, I um, would be happy to hear you expound on it a little bit, the the idea that um, I can't, the way forgiveness works is that I can't see the error. Forgiveness implies that I'm overlooking errors. I'm overlooking mistakes. I'm not judging any of it. I overlook it because I, I, I've grasped the understanding that it's not real, it's a dream, and that I can overlook it. It's not really happening. And in that way, I've opened my mind and allowed the truth to enter, to heal my mind of my misperceptions of what I'm seeing. That there is no place where God is not. There is no place that actually needs to be healed. Is how the, the miracle of forgiveness works on my, on my unhealed mind. That my, my mind is the mind that needs to be healed. I'm not healing anybody else. I'm, I'm the mind that needs to be healed. And I can't do it because my thoughts never leave their source. And the dif- there's no difference between the ego's mind. One wrong, mistaken ego thought does not correct another wrong, mistaken ego thought because the thoughts simply do not leave the source. And the thoughts that I think with God, you know, I... I've been thinking a lot about these review lessons, too, um, that I am not a body. I am free. I am as God created me, and I will listen. I have one voice. I don't have two voices because I deny and ignore and dismiss the voice of the ego in me, which is always slicing and dicing and judging and naming and, and claiming stuff for itself. It's all about me, 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 I, 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 self, 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 me, me, me. And that's, that had to be re- reduced to the point where I could see how false its personal interpretation 
how limited its personal interpretation was. And I can't heal, I can't be a miracle worker if I'm still looking at things from that perspective because it's a mistaken perspective. I can't have a mistaken perception of Judy as a body image and be a miracle worker. I can't have a mistaken I concept, a concept of myself and be a miracle worker. I'm the one that needs to be healed of this false misperception of myself. I need to let go and relink. Let be the let it go, girl. Let it, let it be. Let, let her be in perfect peace, in perfect joy. And maybe then I can hear the voice of God in me. Because the Christ in me, the only part of my mind, capital mind, one mind, that's real, is very still. Very, very, very still. And if my mind's running, thinking, 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 it's not still. I'm listening to to the voice of my ego. And I cannot be a miracle worker when I'm listening to that voice. Because all I'm listening to is my mini-me self. I'm in the itty-bitty committee, judging, 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 judging myself. I've misperceived and I'm judging myself. That's where the rubber's going to meet the road for Jude. Uh, enough out of me. Sorry I missed so much of the shares. But thank you all for being here. I am complete. Thank you, Judy. Well, thank you, Judy, for reminding me. I have spaced out and forgotten to end the recording, so they're recorded, Judy. <laughs> anyway, um, <clears throat> I'll take this moment to uh, thank you all for being here and for listening and sharing and uh, end the recording, but not the call, as usual. I'm going to go.